Yakmala! Yakmala! Welcome back, my friends, to the Cult Film Showdown. I am your host, 8th Dan Stanadu, and I am truly pleased to be joined by my good friends. And I've got Jack Hall. What's up? What's up? This is the season I, I call uh, Jerked and Jacked. Jerked and Jacked. Okay, so you, so I mean, that'll change, you know again uh, before the end of the episode i'm sure but uh speaking of changing before the episode we have of course james cotta i am uh i am thrilled to be here i am uh darren mccotta is what i'm going darren <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah potty doc that's it potty doc but um and then we've got nick nick boxer Yes, just Nick. Uh, I'm not coming up with funny names. You guys are stupid. Um, you know, I just realized we need some pew pew, like some bullet sounds when we say cult film showdown. Mm. That would be awesome. Well, we, we do need a new theme, but we'll get there eventually. That's uh, These things take time. You know, they have to be right, or in our case, wrong. But uh, that's that's the way. And speaking of wrong, of course, we have to talk about some movies. And this is Jack's season in the season 17, Enter the Octagon to Octagon Harder. And Jack gets to just explain everything, Jack. Yes, uh, I call this season Mr. Jacked. And uh, what it is, is it's uh, everybody, This it's, it's, it's a season where we're, we got people that are all jacked up, all, all big, muscle-bound uh, bodybuilder types. Uh, the whole season built around bodybuilder type uh, dudes like your Lou Ferrignos and stuff like that. Or in this case, Joe Piscopo. Joe Piscopo. That's true. I mean, Joe Joe worked out a lot in that at that time. Oh, yeah. you know, and you'd never think of Joe as like a, a big, muscle-bound guy, but that's that's what he became. Really? I always thought him of Carrot Top without the hair. <laughs> yeah he's he's also jacked totally no, I mean, joe piscopo has the one scene in this movie where he's spending the whole time getting in poses and subtly getting in poses that let him let him uh show off his muscles while he's like throwing darts and doing different things and it's awesome and that movie is dead heat and so not dead heat on a merry-go-round nope just dead heat so uh we will be talking about that and more importantly nick will be filling us in on what it's all about (laughs) um dead heat yeah it's a cop movie where two cops joe piscopo and uh the you know range extraordinaire uh treat williams are two buddy (laughs) cops who are out to solve a a string of robberies where it just so happens that all the culprits seem to be a little bit off and extremely violent and don't die when they get shot. Turns out there's some sort of ring of zombie guys out there that are sending zombies out to do robberies, not to fund their experiments, but to just test out the zombies. Um, I don't know. It, and then some shenanigans happen, and, you know, one of the cop dies and becomes re- resurrected, and, uh, you know, that doesn't take him off the case. 
and everyone's fine. Seems to be pretty fine with him being a zombie, and uh, you know, he solves the case and uh, rots away like a zombie should. Um, yeah, good yeah. fun movie. I'm a little bit off. I feel like you you can you can you know gloss over a lot of story when you say the word shenanigans happening. <laughs> <laughs> well, I well, feel like the word story is also how he becomes a zombie. When his friends just say, you know, we don't really know what this machine does. Let let's throw him in it and see what happens. Well, I love that they established that uh, that it's a drug that uh, causes the zombies to come back to life. And then they use a machine to bring him back to life. I love that. You know, I didn't even know the, the drug. I thought the drug was just to keep them fresh. Oh, no, the drug was, was to bring them back to life. Yeah, they were just a little bit inconsistent on the on the on the story part. Like when you say story, that's where I think you can gloss over most they of it. A little <laughs> inconsistent with everything in this movie. Yeah. Oh, God, yeah. yes. Oh, yes. Yeah. Effects, clothing effects. Who's standing where in a room? And they really, I think the number one thing for me was that they, I don't know that they really knew what kind of movie they wanted to make. They couldn't decide. Horror and or I comedy. I still don't know, and I saw it. <laughs> and then, and then you know, like you... the names. R- Roger Mortis was uh, the Treat Williams character. Yeah. Was that a joke? Oh, oh yeah, yeah, that's sure. a joke. I don't know. I, I, Terry Black, the Shane Black's older brother who wrote this. Oh, you just know he was sitting yeah. there going, Roger Mortis, that's freaking hilarious. Put that down the script. Yeah, it's it's definitely one of those cases where, like, when the humor is there, it's it's super bold and in your face, and they're just trying to pound it well, in there. Most of it comes from one-liners from Danny or from Joe Piscopo, and apparently the script would have things like Danny Piscopo says a funny line and wouldn't write it, but <laughs> or Joe Piscopo says a funny line, yeah, and wouldn't write anything, and it just like just counted on him to make it funny. Whoops. I think it's a bold choice. To, to, I think it's a bold choice to build not, around the the comedy stylings. shenanigans of Joe Piscopo, yeah, isn't I, it? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, this is 1988. I feel like Joe, Joe Piscopo was already a punchline. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> it's it's weird because because there's there's times where you know you you get that feeling of like this could be a really good buddy cop movie with a really neat concept. If you didn't have Treat Williams and Joe Piscopo in it, because I mean, like once Treat Williams is dead, well, there's really no difference from when he was alive. Ultimately, no, I mean, acting. It's just acting. As far as emoting and acting is concerned, he's <laughs> he was a stiff guys... beforehand. He's a stiff when he's after. You're right. You guys can answer this. You've seen a lot of movies. Treat Williams. Does he have another character in his repertoire? I've seen him play this guy a hundred times. Sometimes he's this guy with kids. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah it, it, it's really just what you add to the mix to, to yeah. make him uh, different. That's, that's all. Because he, he is not. So there's no Treat Williams Quasimodo film out there I have to go it's looking the, for. It's like White yeah. Rice. It's all about what you add in. God, if I could... Find a Treat Williams Quasimodo movie. I'd be pretty happy with that. I think. Yeah, that's I'd say. I'd say the Pursuit of DB Cooper is Cooper is his best movie and probably the closest to an actual performance you're going to find. 
You know, I haven't seen that since I was like seven. I got to go find that one. It's a good yeah. one. Yeah, so is this in a different way. I, I, I enjoy Trey Williams more than I do Piscopo, though, honestly. Mm-hmm. Like, I think uh, I, I think there was a disconnect of, like you said, I don't think filmmakers knew what kind of movie it was. I don't think the two of them knew were on the same page as far as uh, what they were making. Uh, I, I don't think they were on the same page as who the star the was. <laughs> I think they you both thought they were the star. Well, and, and I think, you know, maybe it, and it would, and it, and together they seemed better than separate because there's that whole 20 to 25 minutes where Treat Williams is left alone to be the star of the movie. And <laughs> that doesn't go very well. No, bold choice. Bold choice to do a, a buddy cop movie where you kill off one of the cops 45 minutes in. Well, actually, that, that technically, was, uh, you killed off the first cop 10 minutes in. <laughs> true, but he was actually brought back. This guy's not brought back until like the last five minutes of the movie. Yeah, that's a that's a weird. It is a strange choice. <laughs> as far as as far as the many many strange choices that happen in this film, like yeah, kill it, killing him off and then leaving him gone. Uh, yeah, it's such a weird choice. They just they kill off everybody, you know, for the most part, and then and then they're very selective in who they choose to bring back, and and it's all the wrong people, I think, for the most part. It's the body count of 32. They couldn't bring them all back. Yeah. They didn't have the budget for that. No, I mean, it, it's... Look, I, I just want to know why it is the Piscopo dies by being hung upside down inside a... a, a uh, what was it? Uh, uh, what do you call it? Aquarium or whatever? Drowning? Is that how he actually died? Or is that just how they put his body? Well, that was the thing. I didn't really understand. It was just kind of like... He just showed up and he's dead, and it's just like, oh, that's too bad. It's your question. Yeah, that was your same reaction to the director that, that has the scene where they kill him. It's your question: Why did they do it, or would that kill him? And I'll, I'll tell you. It <laughs> I, would. I, I, I think is that, <laughs> that, that would be him? fatal. Did yeah. he drown? To, or was he shot? And then I'll go, I don't know. All I know is he looked horrible. He looked like a zombie already underneath there. In fact, he looked more like a zombie when he was underneath there in the aquarium than when he came back as a zombie. <laughs> Yeah, he was in perfect shape there. He was in perfect shape. Whereas his face is all like discolored and everything like that in the in the aquarium. But yeah, you're right. The the treat Williams. Oh, that's a shame. He's dead. Pull him out. That's that's a good that's a good way to react. You know, it's a crime scene. First thing you want to do is move the body. <laughs> Definitely, you want to uh, disturb as much stuff as you can. Well, uh, yes. it's it's not like they didn't know who killed him for the most part. They beat it. They, they figured that out within five minutes who the bad I guy mean, was. It's not like Treat Williams going to be around to testify in court. So I mean, you have, yeah. you might as well handle this yourself. Yes, I uh, suppose. But <laughs> why? I, I don't understand why it was that they had been to this this apartment and and already investigated it because it was like the girls Lindsay Frost's apartment. So why did he say he wanted to go back anyways? I don't understand that. I think this is one of those tragic things that is uh, it's it was really about getting the plot to ch- to get to the next uh, index card on the wall than it was about <laughs> kind of, like and then he's dead in the apartment. Like it feels oh, like there God. should be another uh, another line there, but. 
Okay. <laughs> that makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Just like how, you know, she melts all of a sudden, despite looking perfect. And we find out that she was dead the whole time. Or or how or how all the, they're sitting there walking around her apartment, and all of a sudden her TV comes on, and Vincent Price is on the screen. And you're like, how did the TV come on? And it just doesn't matter, right? <laughs> but it, it has a bit part of Professor Toru Tanaka. So really, I, I mean, I was about, I was about to say like you know anytime anytime you got Toru Tanaka show up, then uh, you know that's <clears throat> you've you've raised your level already. <laughs> and what a scene that was! Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that's well, that's the gold. Like when you when yeah. you talk <laughs> about this gold. movie. Then the the rest there's the rest of the movie and then there's that scene that scene alone I know that scene right there I know what I'm nominating for the uh, for the uh, Saints of the Octagon <laughs> out of that scene come come our awards show actually what dead animal did you think looked best because there were some awesome ones in that scene I mean I have to go with the pig but I mean. The legless, headless bull was pretty cool too. That was neat. I think, I, I think the slab. Yeah, I thought the slab of beef was was the winner myself. The ducks were awesome. Oh, you know, yeah, the, the thought, ducks creeped me right out. Was that a slab of meat? I thought it was a liver. Oh, there was a liver too. Don't get me wrong. Why were these animated? That made no sense if you go back and look at the science of the movie. Well, uh, they they had they they had put in for some reason. In in Thule's um, thing, they had, in, in his butcher shop, they had put one of the devices that reanimates bodies. Apparently, they just decided to do a test. In fact, they were doing a very small scale test on, of course, the duck's head as well. Yeah. Which, um, uh, what again? Not like one of Gozer's minions and Ghostbusters. Yeah, yeah. That's that's. I find a, that really confusing. You know, I know they're mad scientists, but still. It feels like this isn't a direction I would go with this research. Mm. <laughs> well, and then and then all the all the thing is wrong basically because because it's just like well so I mean you know Darren McGavin the body doc there he's basically having people rob banks because he just wants money. Um, he's at, so that's why he's having the corpses rob banks, and then you've got Vincent Price's character who wants to take half of everybody's money so that the rich can live, but it's not to really keep up with anything. It's just so that he can have half of their money. Um, and I don't understand, was Darren McGavin ultimately the boss, or was Vincent Price's character ultimately the boss? Like, who is working for who? And either way, you can't tell me you couldn't figure out, oh, let's get, I agree, let's get a little money out of the rich. What's your plan with this? Get a little money out of the rich and wouldn't sit there and go, okay, that's better than uh, having zombies rob things and uh, <laughs> and 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 rob like jewelry stores and clearly send the police onto our location. Like that's not exactly very good. Uh, what do you call it? Thoughtfulness on of uh, of, of a criminal plan. And and they were <laughs> and that really was the a, thing. They were on it's to like the a James Bond level. Yeah. No, no. <laughs> Like they no. were onto them within five minutes afterwards. That it, it, it was <laughs> no detective work needed. If Gavin walks in, you go, "That's the bad guy," and that's <laughs> in the much. first couple minutes of this movie. 
That's yeah, I mean, it would have taken them longer if that they found a matchbox, uh, matchbook at the scene or something. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like it was, it was basically like there, there are no other clues, uh, and this takes like there are no red herrings, there are no dead ends. <laughs> no, <laughs> Just took us right there. <laughs> took us right there, and then when the time comes for them to, uh, to you know, to investigate. They look in a room, see a, a, a biker with a pig face, which I don't understand that part. Yeah, he had like two faces. It was weird. Yeah. It was like two faces put beside each other so that it could, yeah, he had like an part. extra wide mouth so, and double nose. Actually, I thought the same thing, but then I paused in several places to actually stare at the face. <laughs> you never get a really good look. The face is actually stressed, stretched out diagonally. It's just an optical illusion that he has two faces. Oh, okay. Okay. Didn't he have fangs? Uh, maybe sharpened teeth, but... Either way, I was willing to all the other zombies for no reason. Being the point. So they're sitting there, and, and, and they're fighting him in the middle of this place where they're investigating. And the best way that they think, hey, let's shut down this investigation by killing a cop, not thinking to themselves... Isn't that going to bring, like, 50 more cops down here to investigate? <laughs> cops don't mind. I well, appreciate how the company on the tour ends with the secret room containing the zombie equipment <laughs> and the killing animals chamber. I showed you everything except for the secret chamber of horrors. Well, and, <laughs> and, you know, here's the thing. I wouldn't worry about killing a cop because I'm pretty sure that Every cop in the city, with the exception of Treat and Joe Piscopo, were killed in the opening scene when they were trying to take down the two zombies. Yeah, and yet they were reckless when they when they took down those zombies. Yeah. Yeah. We lost 40 of our men, but you two actually did the job, so. But look at all the damage you caused. One of them, one of them just drops a grenade. Uh-huh. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Let's get to scoring, because most of this could have gone in WTS. Well, yes. Score, score this, too? All right. <laughs> uh, in our search for the ultimate B-movie about zombies, we rate each film in five zombie categories, none of which is objective zombie quality. Uh, our first category is called Schlock Appeal, and we start with Stan. This this is an interesting one for me because as I was watching it, um, I was I was trying really hard to keep myself interested, especially at the part where Joe Piscopo left for twenty five minutes. It was just like <laughs> I just was not. It was just like, oh my god, what are you doing in this movie? I don't understand. But talking about it is way more fun than watching it. So <laughs> based on, I was going to give it a four, but I'll give it a six for the fact that I've enjoyed talking about it. Yeah. This, uh, for Schlockabiel, this was a tough one because, you know, you, you can tell they kind of really wanted to make this, you know, zombie funny cop movie, but it doesn't have any of the traditional humor or, the feel of a cult film. Um, it it has, you know, the gore and the stuff, but it doesn't have the feel. It it's really the zombie film you can watch with your mom. Um, yeah, I can't go hot. I'm going with hot. Five percent. Oh my god, I I totally love this film, and I do not think that a movie which had. Uh, 
which had so many scenes cut to get to get an R rating because it was an X rating for violence and gore, is the movie you watch with your mother. <laughs> well, I wouldn't uh, watch the X rated one, but uh, <laughs> the one that they released, I might. <laughs> yeah, well, I don't know the X rated one. Yeah, I would like to see that. That that one has Linnea Quigley coming out of a, a birthday cake at his death uh, at his death day party or whatever. <sighs> I know, I know. Well, Missed opportunity. I'm guessing she wasn't wearing clothes. <laughs> I'm just guessing. You think this should be one of the movies where Linnea quickly was wearing clothes? Yeah, one of the few. One of the few. That's actually what this movie needs, is a little bit of a coating of slime. Well, mm. I got a friggin' nine on this thing. I love this. <laughs> I, I think uh, I, I'm... I'm a little more generous than a couple of my compatriots here, uh, but uh, I, I think the, I think uh, it promises a lot. But it's I think that coating of slime that uh, that Nick said is is the thing. It's like it's it's one of those movies that doesn't lean into what it is enough. Like it's it doesn't hold back enough to be mainstream, and it doesn't lean in enough to be full moon or something. Which is it might have worked better had it been mm-hmm. had been. Well, they- you know, they knew they were they were trying to make a mainstream film, which is the exact reason why, you know, when people went to see it and the critics went to see it thinking it was a Hollywood film, they went, what the hell? And the reviews were so incredibly <laughs> poor. Whereas if they had gone in going, this is a B movie, like, yeah. like we we're able to do ourselves now, then I think, you know, obviously a different reaction. Of course. Yeah, I think you get the you get those every once in a while that it's like the movie just gets away from you and and, uh, you know, they change expectations of it. I mean, it's it's still so incredibly like like hackneyed, and it doesn't understand what it is, which I think ultimately came down to my problem. Yeah, uh, I'm gonna give it a seven. Is when I ended up uh, more heart than budget. Uh, I didn't see a budget on this. Five million. Five million. You say All right. five million. Five million. I mean, that that seems like a lot. I mean, because it seems like Joe, Treat and Joe must have worked for uh, Chips and Pop basically, but, uh, uh, I mean, you know, honestly, they did some really nice work. When it came to reanimating the animals, when it came to, um, you know, having, having you know, the, the girl completely melt, like, there was some really nice work done in that regard. I think that I can't say anything for Treat Williams because he sleptwalked through the whole thing anyways, and Joe Piscopo, probably not that funny to begin with. I'm going to go with a five. Um, yeah, I was going to go with the seven, but then Treat Williams showed up and did what he did. Um, so I'm only going with the five as well. Minus I, I got, two for that, that sleepwalking he did through this movie. Uh, Joe Piscopo, this was his big chance, man. He, he gave it everything he had. It's just, he doesn't have much to give. Uh, I, I give it a seven on this. Uh, I, mainly for the special effects, some of those uh, zombie effects on a movie with a small budget, I, I loved. I I think this is uh, I think this is probably the strong suit category for me of uh, of this film. Um, it it reminds me a bit of Ford Fairlane, like it's uh, it's trying to be cooler than it is, uh, and I think that everyone wants it to be better than it is. <laughs> uh, <laughs> But but Pisco, yeah, Piscopo is is bringing it all. He's this is uh, he's gonna break out with this movie for sure. Uh, <laughs> so, 
So uh, eight for me. If this movie had Tone Loke, I would have given it an extra two. <laughs> if, I think if, I think, they I think that's uh, we can instead of Tree Williams. Uh, like, yeah, <laughs> no, you don't need to. You don't need to mention that uh, Tone Loke causes a plus two for movies. I think that uh, that's expected by our audience that we know all films. Tone Loke gives them an extra two. That's you can find that out on the other chart on our website, the Hexagon. Um, <laughs> all right, uh, what the fuck moments? Well, uh, I mean, it, it's funny because like I, I was I was going into this and and. And it, and it feels like there's just so many, but they're all story-related, and, and we've talked about so many of them. But I was not prepared whatsoever for the uh, the reanimation in the butcher shop. Like, that, that was just one of those moments where it's like, wow, you made a real choice there. And that's and that was distinct and amazing, and that's... And that's the best part of this movie. You know, and then, of course, <laughs> the, the melting. And then... And then the fact that you managed to bring in Vincent Price for a matter of thirty minutes, and and that's but he that's never impressive. interacts with anybody nope. else in the film. <laughs> I mean, he was pretty sick at the time this was filmed. So, but and for me, I, I think it 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 was just so many decisions that were made that were what the fuck, you know, getting rid of Joe Piscopo, you know, like having it be, uh, be like a bomb or whatever that, that cured them. But now it's a device and, and just, it didn't matter what they were doing. It was, every decision was basically wrong and didn't count at some point, which, which in its own way is a charm. So I'll give this one an eight. Um, yeah, uh, I mean there are WTF in here uh, in this movie. The uh, the mere fact that no one ever in this movie reacts to a zombie, they just go, "Oh, he's a zombie." That explains everything. Coffee. <laughs> um, no, nobody is like surprised by the zombie. Um, I that that is so WTF. Um, and one thing you guys might not find this a WTF. The police captain. You know, they they do the one scene where the big black. Uh, it's uh, every cop stereotype at his men, and the entire scene is lost because they decided to cast the least intimidating police captain ever. This guy is so small compared to Joe Piscopo and Treat Williams. It is distracting. Uh, um. Yeah, no, weird. Seven. All right. Well, I got a nine. I mean, let's let's talk about the the uh, the fact that uh, they established that he, that he they cut at the finger of uh, of Treat Williams' character uh, Roger Mortis. They, plus, his character's name is Roger Mortis. Let's start with that. <laughs> they cut his finger, and it doesn't bleed. And they go, "Well, you don't have a pulse. You can't bleed." Then the very next scene, he gets shot in the chest and he's bleeding all over the place. <laughs> and then, and then they take the shirt off later. He takes his shirt off to change clothes because after his would be, and there's no bullet holes on him. And <laughs> it's like. Well, they did the same thing with Piscopo when Piscopo got shot after he was dead. And, like, there's whole chunks of him flying off of his chest, but then but then you see him the next scene and his shirt just has, like, three red dots on it. Uh, yeah, exactly. 
Exactly. So another chance to say uh, that this deserves a nine. Uh, they they have this one um, friggin' guy. This this well, okay. He one zombie. He's like six foot eight. The six foot eight guy who's attacking them at the house, and they're like they're fighting him, and they can't kill him. So they so Piscopo shoves a uh, uh, umbrella through his chest. And then he falls into the water. I've mentioned that guy was six foot eight. The guy that falls into the water is like five foot three. It's a huge <laughs> difference. And he falls in the water. We have seen these zombies take upwards of a hundred shots with bullets. And that didn't kill him. But a, but a, a, a friggin' umbrella through the chest. That's it. He's dead. I, again, it's it's so damn inconsistent. They go at one point to the to the Vincent Price's character's tome. In his tome is a lamp. Who puts a lamp in a tomb? Who puts a lamp in a tomb? And then on that lamp, he's created. Um, he, he's put a code that ultimately leads them back to him, so they can arrest him. Yeah, that was the part that really didn't make sense where it's just like it's the code is body doc, but and and so I thought at the end that That's the part that didn't make sense. It, well, well, yeah. <laughs> I thought at the end that that he was going to be like, "Oh no, you brought me back to life. Why did you do that?" But no, it's like he's he's teamed up with him, but at the same time implicating him. So Yes. It- I mean, the WTFs in this thing are fantastic. It's they, Every scene is a choice where you went, why'd you make this choice? Every single scene. <laughs> I, I love that uh, that pretty boy Tree Williams just gets uglier and uglier as this movie goes. That's, that's, <laughs> I think that's bold. I think, uh, <laughs> I think particularly to focus on that by having removed Joe Piscopo for so much of the film. Um, <laughs> the the melting the melting woman is uh, is quite amazing and uh, um, and it's just such a vague line of of how she enters the story to like and she was reanimated. Um, oh boy! Yeah. But she's not because she's like the she works in the morgue. Like there's no there's no <laughs> she doesn't degrade like the other one. No, she doesn't slowly break down. She breaks down all at once in like a thirty second span. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so it it is uh it is one of those movies that it's it's not uh, uh it's not it's not easy to understand where they were intending to go with the parts that don't make sense. So sometimes there's just gaps, sometimes there's just holes, but yeah, it it seems even thin for that. Uh 8 for me. <laughs> well, like the the hole of when they all the police show up because uh, Treat Williams' character is being killed, and so the coroner shows up. That's like his ex girlfriend. Uh, the, <laughs> the she shows up, and she figures right. out this. She's a coroner, and yet they treat her like she's the world's greatest scientist. She's figuring out this machine and what it does right away. And I'm like, why do they even have access to this machine? It had nothing to do with just because you're cops and just because you're investigating doesn't mean you can walk through and just use things. Well, they shut uh, the whole building down. It's incredible. I like that there's only two women in this movie, and they look almost exactly the same. <laughs> oh, I know. <laughs> I kept, kept getting uh, losing the thread of which one was which. <laughs> Memorable moments. Well, in this case, 
I'm not. I'm not really sure that I'll remember remember much of the movie, save for the reanimated uh, chickens and ducks and geese <laughs> that better scurry, you know. But uh, it's 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 an interesting movie, and I know that it's a mess, but it's one of those cases where I'll let the uh, <laughs> let the big old. Uh, <laughs> Let, the, let them let Piscopo chase them, pass <laughs> yeah, you by. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, at the opening scene, the first time that we see them, you can see the film crew and stuff like that through the, like the glass windows behind them and everything. <laughs> I love it. Oh, yeah, I think that in this case, the mo- the movie is a complete mess. But it's more that one scene that I'm going to take with me as opposed to the rest of it. Like I'll probably look at it and be like. Man, I, I wanted more out of you, but but I didn't quite get it. Um, so I can only go with a four. Um, I will give it. Uh, well, my the my first three points go to the uh, the zombie butcher scene. That was that was phenomenal. I'll give it another two uh, because I think this is Joe Piscopo's only starring role. Uh, five. That that's as far as I can go. Most of this film is gone before it even ends. Oh, I I got a seven on this sucker because reanimated meat, reanimated meat. <laughs> like I'm ever forgetting the reanimated slab of beef. My entire life, I'm never forgetting that. Or or the fight with the chicken where they throw it into the grinder, but they miss the grinder and then they show it in the grinder. Uh, just all of it. I'll never forget this. And you know what else I won't forget is this screaming, uh, stereotypical captain yelling at them because uh, it was just so stereotypical that it is just embedded in my mind. Like he's he's taken over as that as that stereotypical character in all these buddy cop movies to me. All of a sudden, uh, I don't know why, but he just has. Like he's just. Maybe it's because I'm so happy to see that he got work. The only other time I saw him was in All in the Family, you know, that actor. And, and yeah, just fantastic. So I got a seven. I, I, the, definitely the, the, the butcher shop scene is incredible. Uh, that's going to stick. But unfortunately, I saw this movie a couple of months ago and so little of it <laughs> stayed in my head. Uh, so uh, best I can do is a four on this. Crazy concept. Well, I, I think the idea of a cop, or you know, like a buddy cop thing, where one of the cops is dead, actually could be really funny if done if done right. <laughs> you know, with, <laughs> with with a good. Oh, script it's really funny. It's just not done right. Yeah, yeah. Like you know, good script, good actors, that kind of thing. You know, I'll bet you, I'll bet you, this movie would have been really awesome. Um, it's not quite that movie though, so I, I'm going to give this one a seven because I think that that the the premise really works. Um, yeah, crazy concept. Yeah, it's pretty out there to to. Okay, we want to do a straight cop film, but let's make them zombies. Um, that's pretty out there. Um, the execution on the cop side was just way too copy to be totally crazy. So I'm only going with a six. Uh, and this is actually where is the weak category for me. 
Zombies, hey, zombies are always hot. Let's make a film of zombies. Hey, buddy cop films are hot. Let's just throw them together. Like, it, to me, it's a weak concept, uh, not a crazy concept. So this is it's, this is the weak category for me, and I only got a five. I think uh, I, I think as I as I said at the at the top, um, the whole idea of building something around the the gravitas of a Joe Piscopo uh, <laughs> is uh, is a risky proposition. Uh, and, Say something uh, funny, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> Joe. Joe Piscopo, you're a clown. You're here to make us laugh. Uh, <laughs> and that's the problem that that was if they're relying on Joe Piscopo to be funny then you're already starting <laughs> from a disadvantage dude was on SNL for five years and he didn't manage to do it so I don't know why the Sinatra and the the Sinatra and the, the, the um, what do you call it uh, the Frank Eddie Sinatra Murphy. Yeah. Frank Sinatra, the, the Ebony and Ivory sketch. <laughs> Come on. That's one of the all-time best. <laughs> Seven is what I'm giving this. Uh, and uh, which uh, puts this film um, a bit a – bit, probably a bit better than any of us expected coming into this, uh, into this episode. Uh, 64.5 uh, out of 100, which ties it with Fatal Deviation – the Star Wars Holiday Special, and Stone Cold. Well, those are some pretty good movies that are one, one of those I would watch again. Yep, that's right. <laughs> I might be watching Stone Cold right now, you guys. <laughs> I assume you, you know it's your favorite film. <laughs> I assume that's already happened. Just, it just plays and repeat. <laughs> yeah. Or, or is uh, that sure. actually just going on in your mind? Like, you know, you've seen it so many times that you can just play it in your mind. You're, you're laughing. You're making a joke, but it's true, you know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm not arguing. <laughs> uh, uh, well, I got mullet brain. This is well, the, the Joe Piscopo's for you. <laughs> you know, but, <laughs> Ah, uh, yes. Dead Piscopo heat. would look good with a Boz haircut, actually. It's not that far Nobody off, really. Tell. I mean, it's sort of it's sort of a curly-haired mullet thing that he's got going on. Uh, well, this, this yeah, movie was something. Yeah, but just see if All right. Um, okay, okay. Uh, uh, let's do some business. <laughs> I forgot where I'm going. I'm good. <laughs> That's all right. We're all... We're all doing separate podcasts, is what it feels like at this point. I've <laughs> we are on Patreon, where you can support the work that we're doing here. And I call it work. We are dedicated. <laughs> we're a team of professionals at the top of our game. Uh, <laughs> Patreon.com slash showdown. Uh, we are on Instagram, Showdown. And uh, we are sponsored by WeTalkPodcast.com, the home of the Octagon, where you can keep track of our whole search for the Ultimate Bee movie, which is uh, uh, somewhere around 150 films now. We've done a significant amount here. Um, and uh, getting beer all the time. Uh, and uh, so WeTalkPodcast has a Facebook, and they have a Twitter. And uh, you sh- you can also find us on YouTube. Please subscribe there. All right. Well, Season 17 after the Octagon 2, Octagon Harder, carries on next with 
with Jim's Let's All Go to the Lobby season, where we're going to talk about American Drive-In. I mean, this this really seems like, you know, you know it's, it's very fitting. Like, let's all go to the lobby and American Drive-In. Do you even have more movies? <laughs> I, I had no expectation that it would win, so I just wanted to uh, so <laughs> use a title and never get to use again. That's right. And, and my, it is fine, fine work, because it, it makes us all want to sing let's all go to the lobby it, completely. It's all stuck in your head. Yeah, yeah, that's right. All right, well... I want to watch American Drive, and so I think we should uh, we should move on to that. Any uh, any objections? I didn't think so. For Jim and for Jack and for Nick, I am your host, Eighth Dan Stanadu, and thank you for listening to the Cult Film Showdown. There's definitely something very weird going on here. Detective Roger Mortis <laughs> has a problem. dead. But Detective Bigelow is bringing him back alive. We have something on the monitor, Captain. That's okay. Don't get up. Told you not to get up. Now, he's got 12 hours to solve the toughest murder case of his career. His own From now on, I'm a vegetarian. How do you fight this thing? Maybe we could drown it in A1 sauce. Treat Williams. Sit down. And Joe Piscopo are dead heat. You shoot them, they don't die. You can't keep a good cop dead. <laughs> 